This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hawkeye, we're over it, honestly. Welcome to the warm-up episode 82. I'm your host, Brady Frost, and to preview QPR, I'm joined by Tom Bradshaw and Freddie Cocker. Tom, how the devil are you? Brady, I'm not too bad. How are you, mate? I'm okay. We're going super formal here, uh, which I'm really enjoying. Um, (laughs) Freddie, welcome back, bringing us some much-needed cheer to the proceedings, I hope. I'll try, mate. Uh... To be honest, I'd, all, I'd just about forgotten about Sunday's result, but now I'm going to have to talk about it all over again. So cheers for that. That's <laughs> all right. What, what can we do? Um, anyway, Freddie, we, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail, I'm sure. But what have you, uh, I ask when it's your first show of the season to everyone, what have you kind of made of town starts the season so far? Bet you're delighted, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what's the phrase that you guys always talk about on the pod where it's, uh, it's always shit or bust with town? It's either absolutely incredible in the time of our lives and we'll never get it back again, or it's absolute bollocks. And unfortunately, we have been left with the bollocks. Um, I kind of thought a bit pessimistically that Stoke was a bit of a flash in the pan just because of how the game went and how many chances we conceded. Um, I really wanted... Well, I still want Schofield to succeed. Like, you know, he's a town legend for me. I know there's been debate about that that term on this podcast but for me he's a town legend like that penalty against uh against Lincoln I'll never ever mm-hmm. forget in the playoffs um but it's just not working I feel like he's playing a lot of players out of position to try and then sort of saying that they're adaptable he uses the word adaptable a lot but I feel like he's kind of using that phrase for Adoni because we haven't got anyone else there to who's got legs so now we're playing someone who was brought in to create and score goals playing them as in a double pivot or maybe in the three, which is kind of further back and not what we kind of bought him for. Um, I mean, to be fair to Adoni, I think he's the first player I've seen who's actually come out and defended Schofield. I think prior to that, it was kind of deafening how little some of the players have been in publicly saying, you know, it's on our, it's on us. It's, you know, we believe in the manager, da, 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 da. It's kind of been more like we have to take responsibility for results, kind of Rhodes is, in, in fair, fairness to him, said the same thing. Tom Lees has 
but there hasn't been too much as far as I'm aware. I don't know if you guys have seen anything else that I haven't, but there's not been a lot of like, we believe in the manager, his ideas will take time, blah, 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 which is pretty worrying for me. I feel like when in footballers are silent, it, it, it always says more than if they're actually talking or even talking a bit, you know, falsely. Mm. Yeah, no, and uh, very well nuanced. And I'm sure we'll come on to it in more, in uh, you know, more detail. But Freddie, obviously we know about your impressions. So I asked you what you think of town so far. Uh, I'll put you on the spot here. What would Mick McCarthy think of town so <laughs> oh, far? Oh, what would Mick McCarthy say? Absolutely bloody rubbish. Uh, <laughs> he'd probably say you need to get Ayeg Benny Yakuba in up front. That's what you'd say. And George Elokobi at left back, because he's the only person who's chucked a bottle of a bucket of water on me and haven't punched him in first. <laughs> oh, cheers, Mick, for dropping by. Yeah, thanks, Mick. And uh, if you're wondering what type of podcast this is going to be, there's your answer. <laughs> so, that, was, uh, that was pressure, you know. I thought I handled that pretty well. Yeah, I think you did. You, what are you talking about? about? Mick, Mick well. was here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've just got links um, to loads of ex-managers basically tonight. We're just going to drop them in. <laughs> They're just in the waiting room for the next half an hour. Don't know how to work, bloody Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we've joined the Talk, Talk Sport Fan Network. You know, they ring get people ringing in all the time. This, this is what happens when you, you've got those connections. Anyway, right, we do need to talk about some football. Um, the 1-0 oh, defeat to. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we do, I'm afraid, mate. The 1-0 defeat on Sunday. I was mm. there. It was annoying, can confirm. Makes it just one win in eight for Huddersfield Town in all competitions. Um, not to bum everyone out, but five defeats in seven league games at the moment. I'm sure I didn't need to tell you. Meanwhile, QPR have two wins in the last three, but they did lose 1-0 last time out to Swansea City at the weekend. Um, Freddie, uh, in fact, I'm just going to drop in. Matt had a little thought on the Blackpool game. Um, he, he sent us a, a nice uh, eight, nine-minute view on the game because they didn't do a pod on, the, on Sunday, and here's what he had to say. Hello to the Andy Takes That Chance acolytes, Tom Bradshaw and Farouk, a.k.a. Brady Frost. I hope you're having a lovely podcast, chaps. Uh, keep up the great work that you two do on the warm-up and hopefully I'll be able to join you sooner rather than later and we'll have a, a good catch-up and we'll see what Alan Lee's getting up to in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there was no podcast from us on Sunday. Uh, Pozzer and Johnny couldn't get their permission slips signed by the other half, which just left myself and, and Cozzy Bear, who I think was working anyway. Um, so unfortunately, no episode this week. Uh, but now I've established that it was all their fault, I'll move on and do a little bit of analysis on the Blackpool game. Uh, so the Blackpool game itself was one of incredible frustration because in my head I'd built this up to be the big one, a must-win game for Danny Schofield and Valhalla, if you like. Uh, without being that guy, I thought Blackpool were every bit as bad as Peterborough were last season and any below-average side, every any below-average championship side, should really have pied them off with without much issue. Three points, bag of rock and a straw donkey in the bag. But alas, this season sees us continue on that big dipper as we're now starting to become cast away within the bottom three. Uh, parts of this game were worrying. I've tried to back Danny Schofield in the face of an avalanche of, of stick that he's been getting uh, you know, in the podcast comments and on social media. I want him to be successful. He's one of us. He's a town icon. I was there when he coolly slotted those penalties in against Lincoln and Mansfield, and I, I don't forget that. And I also remember him running the likes of Nottingham Forest and Barnsley ragged in decent League One campaigns, uh, especially the playoff one. Uh, 
Uh, he deserves a fair crack at this and he deserves to be successful. And I genuinely hope he is. But there are some enormous red flags surrounding his deployment of tactics and, and use of substitutions. And it starts really at the back. Uh, tactically, I can see what he's trying to do or what he was trying to do on Saturday. He's pushing Kane Kessler-Hayden far up on the right-hand side. Uh, so that allows Tino to come inside as an orthodox number 10, which allows better support to Danny Ward. But it's lopsided. And when the but when it breaks down and the ball's turned over, it has a neg- negative effect on def- on our defence, which seemed oddly the wrong way around. Uh, Tom Lees has struggled as a left-sided centre-back this season, granted. Uh, but moving Turton over there was a choice that I couldn't really understand. With Kessler Hayden so far high, or so high on the right-hand side, this meant that um, Tom Lees often got isolated when the ball came back in a right-back position, which he doesn't really want to be in, and he looked in real discomfort at times as he found himself uh, one-on-one with a Blackpool winger, uh, having a free run at him. Uh, whilst over on the other side, Yuta Nakayama's playing left wing-back, he's a more defensive left wing-back, which meant the defensive overloads or the attacking overloads on our defence, if you like, which caught Tom Lees out before, were unlikely to happen. So swapping them over made no sense to me, especially with Curtin, Turton being uh, you know, adept at covering uh, defensive positions like a right-back. Um, I thought I thought Turton really probably should take his fair share of blame for the goal as well. I know it's not really been reported anywhere. Um, Kessler Hayden's tried to play a silly pass. yes. Um, but, but to be fair to Kane Kessler-Hayden, this pass was born out of a nervousness as he'd been barracked by the home crowd uh, with quite a loud chorus of boos for two previous back passes when in a very similar position, um, you know, within 10 minutes of him making the error. Um, yes, Kessler-Hayden made the error, but for me it was still retrievable. Um, he was charging, like in a steeplechase, if you like, after the man on the ball uh, who was wide uh, Turton for me just needed to hold that central run to look to cut out the ball across but he got sucked in towards the man in possession leaving what was really a simple pass across the box to a free man uh, which ended in the goal it's frustrating but not as frustrating as picking up something uh, as failing to pick up something from the game Town deserved it they weren't great but they created just about enough to earn a point and they should have really but for what can only be described as an apoplectically shit turn of events where Hawkeye went cockeyed and didn't pick up an obvious goal. This in itself highlights another issue to me about referees, and I'm not singling out specifically the man in the middle from Saturday, who I do and don't blame, but we're now becoming so dependent on technology in the modern game that referees aren't capable of making a decision as they no longer question it. Okay, Hawkeye's only filled once before in, I think they've said 15,000 games, which is a great record uh, but everyone in the ground saw that the ball was over the line the referee had to see it really the liner was unfortunately on the wrong side but I think even when the ball came up he saw it there was a man walking his dog on the top of the Kilner bank in Dalton that saw it go over the line but even the linesman must really have been able to see it like I say when the ball came up if the decision is right don't rely on the tech to tell you pointing at your watch doesn't really exonerate a bad decision when you know what has happened. But anyway, unlike Wembley, which was an absolute disgrace, the officials didn't have the benefit of several replays. Um, So like I said, I'm not going to go completely all in on both of them on this occasion. 
Uh, and it, it does feel like, sadly, it is down to bad luck, which when you're at the bottom of the league, you, you often get plagued with. Um, in terms of the response from the EFL, you can't really give us a point because of a bad decision or tech failure. Otherwise, you, you're setting a really dangerous precedent going forward there because, you know, human failure, not so much tech failure, but, you know, refereeing failure has been part of this game for, you know, over 100 years, really. And it's, you know, what what gets us talking in the pubs after games, um, which has been taken away from us, really, a little bit um, with, with the introduction of VAR. Well, not so much with the introduction of VAR. But an apology from the AFL or Hawkeye feels a little bit empty and, and shallow, but I think we should just be thankful for this happening in September and not May 2023, as we can still retrieve this situation that we find ourselves in. Whereas if that happens, you know, with one or two games of the season left, um, then it's a completely different series of events. Uh, speaking of retrieving situations, anyway, I have to question uh, some of the substitutions from Danny Schofield. I know having Mikela Helic on the bench would have been a boost to the fans and the players, but when Jonathan Hogg went off injured, if Helic isn't fit to play 25 minutes, then he shouldn't have really been on the bench, to be honest, just as much as Josh Riffle should not have been at centre-back, which was a completely bizarre substitution, uh, as was the Ward for Rhodes one, really, for me. Um, Danny has to be able to change the shape in this situation. Okay, we were getting wide and we were putting balls into the box, uh, but there was only Ward or Rhodes in the middle against three Blackpool centre-backs. Blackpool were happy to park their donkeys on the beach second half, if you like, and we maintained our back three against the side with no intention of being in our defensive third, and surely in this situation, a Ruffles or a Turton makes way for Rhodes rather than Danny Ward, and then Sauber and Pat Jones have more to aim at. And speaking of the Welsh infusion, Sauber... I thought was back to something more like his old self. Uh, there were some excellent set-piece deliveries, uh, six key passes all, all in. Um, and he looked sharper and worked harder in open play. Um, perhaps once he'd gone to wing-back, uh, he wasn't quite as formidable, if you like. Uh, but Pat Jones came on and, and the postman, if you like, yet again delivered with a promising little cameo. Uh, some pillockers bought tickets to QPR on Saturday. Um and looking ahead, really, there, Schofield is now is in the territory of really needing to win games. Incremental performance improvements are all good and well, but we need to see points on the board now before we, you know, get ourselves into a situation whereby, you know, it's not just a group of fans looking at Danny Schofield; it's everybody and the board. So, to ease a lot of that pressure, we really need to start picking up uh, wins. Really, draws probably wouldn't be enough at this at this moment in time. Uh, finally, I just want to send my condolences to Dave, Raj and everyone at Huddersfield Town that's been affected by the really horrible news um, of Eleanor Haig uh, as well as her family and friends. I thought Rambo did a really superb job at the game in, in what was really emotional circumstances and the way he um, got the Blackpool fans' um, attention as well was was fabulous from from Rambo and, and credit to the Blackpool fans for joining in as well. I thought the the respect they showed was 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 top class as well. Um, I really enjoyed hearing Eleanor's interviews on on Town's YouTube channel. Uh, you could always hear a smile on her voice, and whomever she was interviewing always responded really well to her. And I think that's you know a really huge credit to her and and the way she was as a person and the style that she um, interviewed people in. And she's going to be a huge miss for everyone. Um, but it's also heartwarming, I guess, to read some of the tributes 
on the uh, on on social media. She sounded um, exactly as I expected uh, on the by uh, just by listening to YouTube. She sounded such a really lovely, warm, and great person. And um, I think she's well. She's definitely going to leave a, a huge hole for uh, a lot of people. So again, just want to send my condolences to everyone at Huddersfield affected and. You know, if you guys need anything from uh, the likes of me and Brady and Tom, please don't hesitate to contact us and, and get in touch, and we'd be more than happy to to help you guys in any way we can. Okay, over to you guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay, Freddie. So we heard from Matt. He's ranted briefly about the home defeat. Um, but that was a really good impression. I, of I Matt thought that, that was great. Friday. Yeah, that was one of my best impressions. That <laughs> seamless. <laughs> It's a good man. He's going to respond well, to this guy and you slag to me like he always does whenever I talk to him about anything. <laughs> well, we know what to do if Matt can't host the Sunday. We'll just get yeah. you doing the impression. Um, yeah, so Matt or Freddie, who, who knows, let's know. Uh, he ranted briefly about the home defeat to Blackpool. Um, but what what were your thoughts about the game on Sunday? Obviously, we can talk about the disallowed goal, but what do you think of the game in general? What did I think of the game? I mean... I'm not going to lie to you. I only caught the 11-minute highlight show, so there's only a limited amount of things Call I can say on fan. this. And uh, <laughs> I am going to the QPR game, though, begrudgingly. This is my, that's going to be my first game of the season. Um, I thought we were pretty bad at the back. I didn't want to say shambolic there because I don't, I don't want to go too hard on the players Like for this performance. We know what happened with Eleanor um, and you know how much of this performance was affected by grief. You can't really say... Um, you know, I have no idea who was closest to her, what relationships they had with her. You know, some of them could have been playing on autopilot for all I know. Um, so I don't want to go too hard on the players in that respect. But at the same time, you do have to say, well, they are professional footballers. They do still have to, you know, put in a performance. Um, to be honest, I'm not worried about us up front. Like, I'm, I'm really not worried about us up front. I think Ward and Rose score goals. Um, obviously, we didn't score on Sunday but it's that's bit, kind of been an anomaly we've always scored at least one in, a, in every game um, so it, it's just really at the back that that worries me I get that Helic came in and I didn't want to chuck him in straight away but I kind of was like well we could have might, might have needed him to be honest in that game in such a big game I thought we were so we've been so bad recently that would it have it wasn't like you're chucking in a kid. He's he's quite an experienced player. And we chucked Kessler Hader in, who is a kid, and he'd known the players for about 30 seconds. So it, I don't know. I'm so, I'm in two minds about whether I agreed with that decision to bench him, but it's like, it doesn't really matter now because we lost. Um, but yeah, pretty disappointing. Uh from what I, I've gathered from you know speaking to people about the game about the game, they were pretty bad. And we should have at least got a point. And the fact that we didn't kind of speaks volumes. I was speaking to my dad about this. My dad is like is almost as pessimistic as me sometimes when it comes to town. And uh, we we both said, you know, if if Schofield doesn't, and this is before the Blackpool game, if Schofield doesn't win the next, like one of the next three, like you can't, you can't put a case for him staying, in my opinion, because this time, what, three years ago? Is it four years, three years ago now, the Cowley season when he kept us up? And the only reason we stayed up was because we had Emil Smith-Rowe, who is now a Champions League player. Um, and I don't think Lightning will strike twice if we're that adrift after 10 games. I know Forrest did it, but, you know, they had an unbelievable squad. They had players whose ceiling was, was far above the championship. You know, obviously the likes of Brennan Johnson, Jed, Jed Spence, James Garner. So I don't, I don't see us 
climbing out of the mire if we are, say, 11 games in with four points? I mean, we had what were we te- ten games and one point last time, or were we nine yeah. games and one uh, point? I think it was like, seven and terrible. seven and one. Yeah, okay. yeah, and no, no team had stayed up until, yeah. until we actually did. Yeah. So if we are on ten games and four points, I'm I'm really worried, and I'm going to quite a few games before November. I'm going, to, and we're going up for a few home games, even though it's bloody expensive, and going to a few away games when we can. But like I said to my dad, if if we're if we're adrift or if we're in bottom three, by the time it comes around to post World Cup, how many games are we going to? I know it's, I mean, there's, there's going to be people on this, there's going to be people listening like, what are you guys doing? What are fun? And it's like, well, you know, it cost me a lot of money to go up to home games. It mm. cost me a lot of game. It cost me a lot of money to go to anything. And the cost of living crisis is pretty bad right now. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty depressing, but we just, I can just only hope that we can, we can pull it out of the bag because in my opinion, and I've spoken to you about this, Brady and Tom, I don't think this squad is relegation material on paper, but we're just playing no. like a relegation team. Spot on. Tom, um, you know, we've heard from Matt, we've heard from Freddie, but briefly, Blackpool, any, anything you want to add? Um, I think Freddie and Matt touched on all the kind of football inside of things, but um, at the end of the day, we were blatantly, you could argue, denied a point, weren't we? Really. Um and what's the worst thing is the situation we're in at the moment. Um, a point could mean us staying up or going down. If things kind of, you know, what I mean, it it sounds stupid, but it's that serious. And when I I we're gonna hear the chat I had with a QPR fan later in the pod, but um, he was <laughs> he was like, God, your your lots luck with kind of referees and. The AR and rubbish in the last few months has been terrible, and it really has. It's it almost feels like uh, everything is going against us at the moment. When you're down, um, you're down. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's like if you're not playing well, fair enough. But then to not be playing well and get decisions like that and un- unlucky things like that happening against you is really frustrating. But it's just it. It's really weak that just like oh yeah we're sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Got to turn the machine on or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like it just kind of brushing over it just doesn't feel right. But I don't I get I don't know what they can do because you're not gonna replay the game, are you? Um I thought maybe the fairest thing you could do is award us at least a point or something, a retrospective point. Each give Blackpool the free point still. I don't know how that would sit or work, but I just think it's such a kind of big thing to get wrong and for it to only happen twice in since it's been around the goal line technology, you think there should be something in place for that. Yeah. And um I think I think the only point I would, would make is I agree we should have had that goal. You know, like you say, what's the second time in fifteen thousand matches that's happened? Um classic it's town. a town, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic town. But I was at the game on Sunday. And we, Blackpool were not, you know, obviously they, they beat us, but they were not good. You know, like they were not good. We we were playing okay. Then Kesler Hayden makes makes that mistake. I think the biggest, I think the most telling thing was there was no one giving pelters to Kesler Hayden. We've seen that in, in some games because mm. I think, to be honest, from my perspective, I thought Blackpool were still, you know, still beat, you know, we could still get something out of that, perhaps even a win. And we just, 
we were fine and then that goal goes in and and then we just I, I just wasn't convinced we were going to score at all um you know I think the funny thing is it was Blackpool was so bad if we if that goal does go in the one that's not given I actually think we could maybe won the game even though we didn't deserve to and I think what's concerning for me and we, we've touched on Schofield and you know J- James is obviously we've had on the pod a couple of times we've had a bit of an interesting chat about it there's just there's players who were exceptional last season, you know, like Tom Lee's, and he doesn't look himself. I think Nichols, even Nichols looks shaky. He passed mm. it out for for a chance, and they they nearly scored from that. And for me, I don't. And Freddie, you actually touched on a really good point there, and we should say, you know, we, we tweet about it, but obviously, I respect. I'll, I'll you know, um, all our love and thoughts go to Ellen and his family and friends because. You're right. That could have an impact on the players. They did have. They tweeted a lot about the connections, but I think in terms of the the season as a wider result, I think that's if you see Nichols and Lee's two experienced pros making mistakes, either that's they're not being coached correctly, or the coach is giving them the instructions and they're not able to carry it out. And yeah. I think that's what concerns me. And I think either I way it's bad. On, yeah, either way it's bad. And I don't want to jump on the oh Schofield out like because I you know Danny Schofield was an excellent player at town and I really wanted to work out. But I think I came away from that Blackpool game very downbeat because I, I thought they were terrible. And yeah, if you can't beat they they're the worst team I've seen this play this season. Um, yeah. and if you can't beat them, I think I think it's concern. We made the goal an excuse, which is annoying. Like obviously it is it is one of the biggest <clears throat> one of the biggest jokes that we've had as a decision like I, I can think of in the last five to ten years happening for the town outside of the playoff final because this was meant to be a foolproof system by and large and it, it is for other sports like tennis. Um but like we shouldn't the players should have taken responsibility and said we will win this game and then that becomes more of like a side issue because we've won the game. And I think last season we we might have done that. We and some of the leadership group might have taken more responsibility and tried to essentially do that. But because it didn't happen, obviously the goal, the ghost goal, is the main issue and the main talking point. So it kind of annoyed me that we perhaps didn't see it as a way of kind of geeing ourselves up and you know backs against the wall siege mentality. Whereas now post match we've. I'm not saying all of the players have, I'm not saying any of the players have actually, but the, the narrative has become that, so to speak. Mm. And I, I you know, controversially. Um, so sorry, yeah. you go. No, go on. No, you go, Brady. It's all right. I mean, controversially, I'm not trying to rile people up or do a bit of a, you know, uh come angrily tweet at me, but it's the same with the playoff final. You know, like I know we can we've talked to death about those decisions, but Ultimately, we weren't good enough. We weren't like, good enough, and, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you're right. It's an injustice, but yeah, like yeah. say, it's almost an excuse. Like we, we weren't good enough and it was the same Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. Agreed. Yeah, dear. Sorry, Tom, what were you going to say? No, just going to touch on that, really. Like, yeah. Um, okay. You, you can't really... It's just an excuse, isn't it? And um, it's, that's, that's the kind of annoying thing at the moment. I, I think Matt has touched on it a lot. Um, he hasn't... We haven't actually really seen town play well yet this season and um, we played okay in spells against stoke there's yeah, some spells. really mm, good yeah. bits but there's not been a, a full solid game where it's clicked um but i just so in the kind of back of my mind it's like i i feel like schofield is almost doing a carbon copy of carlos and he's sticking to 
a system that isn't working. And it seemed to take Carlos too long to realise you've got to be adaptable. I, I don't see how Schofield hasn't almost figured that out yet. Do you know what I mean? Because when Carlos started, it wasn't brilliant, was it, that first season? And it was mainly down to him always playing that same system and that same style, I thought. And then this last season where we were successful, but it was because he adapted to it. He, he used the players to the strengths that they have. Um, and you could argue that maybe Schofield isn't doing that at the moment. He's playing players that potentially just aren't good enough for the, the system. I mean, we've got good players, but they're not the right players to play in, in the system that he wants to play. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, I'm not trying to disagree with you, but, you know, we saw in pre-season that Schofield played a back four and he's already changed it to a three. And I just, I don't want to be that guy, but I I will admit, I, I you know, Lewis O'Brien was going to be a huge loss, um, absolutely. But I thought we would rebuild the midfield to compensate for that. And look, yeah. we've talked about it a lot already this season, Tom Kasumu. You know, he's injured and that's a shame because maybe he'd bring a lot of the energy and dynamism that midfield needs. But yeah. that's, we're just, we're so, we're missing that so much. You know, yeah. we just don't have anyone like him who can fit in and that's really harming us. I think that was the biggest mistake for me. I mean, knowing that Kasimi was crocked for at least a little bit, yeah. I feel like there should have been at least some moves. Either it's a loan, a Prem loan, or maybe trying to, poach someone from league one or even league two just someone who's got a bit of legs who we can have as cover yeah um obviously scott high has gone on loan but i don't think he was really the answer in that position but the fact that we scrambled around and got those signings in on deadline day but didn't think and future plan uh, once we saw that kasuma is as injury prone as he, as he seems to be we don't we didn't get anyone in like for me that was a bigger priority than left back because our midfield options now, they're not limited, but they're limited in what they can do, mm. if that makes sense. So they know they have specific roles and they have specific strengths, but their glaring weakness in all of them is that we haven't got a lot of pace. And mm. we haven't got a player who can cover a lot of ground outside of Kasumu. Um, so that's the biggest worry for me because, you know, midfield is, is, is normally the key battle in every game in the championship. Yeah. And it's most games at a high level, to be honest. And if we get overrun, what is our answer? We don't really have one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, that on. was depressing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it is. It's, um, it's, you know, we do need, um, the impressions will come in handy, but um, we probably need to, we probably need to talk about QPR. <laughs> yeah. well, please, can we talk about them? I've got, um, there's, there's someone wanting to join. I think uh, Neil Warnock's in the waiting room. He wants to maybe, promote his recent tour because he used to work for Q QPR as well so I have like, just I have just come out of a tour at Cardiff <laughs> so I, re I really enjoyed that Tom really enjoy I did enjoy the prawn sandwiches they gave to me as well in the <laughs> interval really enjoyed that now by all means enjoy it but enjoy it by being fucking disciplined here eh? <laughs> oh what a legend warning is there um, what a legend Thank God QPR for legend as well Q big QPR legend uh, and, yeah. and the all famous saying Adele Tarabut <laughs> yeah. And uh well, you've got Adele Tadabut in your team, you can't go wrong, can you? <laughs> the classic uh Abdel Tarab, the, the streets won't forget player, except it's mentioned every two weeks that the streets won't forget. Every so surely the streets will remember. <laughs> um Ugh. anyway, right, QPR. QPR. Let's talk about QPR and then we'll we'll get some questions. Um mm -hmm. Tom, who's your key player for QPR? Because obviously new manager, you spoke to uh 
the QBR fan, which we'll hear in a, in a little yeah. bit. Um, but who have you selected for this one? Well, there's there's two that just stand out massively, isn't there? And annoyingly, yep. one of them, <laughs> we had the option to sign and we turned it down, didn't we? Um, yeah. Take him out, play it, Tom! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I won't go for him then. Uh, but I'll go for someone that I like as a player. I think he's quite a handful. He's only got one goal for him this season, but I'm sure he'll be up top for him on Saturday. But uh, that uh, Lyndon Dykes, really, mm. really rate him as just a a big lad up front who's going to give you a nudge, get stuck in. He's going to cause us trouble, really. I think Helic. I'd love to see Helic start, see if he can handle it, because I just think Lees is missing that next to him at the moment, someone to... I just... He's going to give Lees trouble if it's just Lees in that back three this weekend, to be honest. So, um, But he, he's my key player. Um yeah, QPR really interesting though. Yeah, I'm sure you two all mentioned the uh, their main threats at the moment now. So uh, yeah, Freddie, do you wanna do you wanna highlight the one that got away? Oh, thank God, that was the only <laughs> bit of research I've done for this bloody pod. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Chris Woodock in it. I thought he was slightly underrated at Town, but perhaps agree. Maybe that might have been because he wasn't as consistent for us at that point in his career. But he definitely he's definitely consistent now. He's got four goals in five games this season. And he was pretty, pretty great for QPR last season. Um, he's going down our left wing, which is our most vulnerable <laughs> side. So that's a joy. Yeah. I'll be glad to watch that. Um, and yeah, I mean, he could definitely haunt us again, couldn't he? I mean, I'm a big fan of Ilias Chair on the other wing. Mm. Um, and I'm generally, a I'm generally a fan of QPR as a side, to be honest. I mean, I watched them last season when they beat us and I was quite impressed. Like they, they passed the ball around well some stupid reason we decided to give Charlie Austin stick all game. Some of our fans generally are quite brainless because he just fed off that and then gave yeah. us a little salute as he went off when they were, when they were winning. Mm. So that was great. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm ge normally generally impressed with QPR as a team. Obviously they fell away quite quickly and quite alarmingly actually last season when, when they fell out of the playoffs, but I, I really thought they were going to do it at one point, um, but they look good. They look, they look good. Um, I've, yeah. I always, I always came up. I always come away from uh, Loftus or the Kyan Prince Community Stadium, I should call it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I always come away quite impressed. But please, town fans, do not sing London is a shithole at that game. Please. You're in QPR. Like, it's not the worst area in the world. Always is, gets my goat. It is a terrible stadium, though. And their lad on the on their, their pod was saying, yeah, it's, he said he's quite a big lad. And he, he come, sometimes when they're playing bad, he's got pain from watching them, but also pain from sitting in those tight chairs oh well they're awful aren't they yeah <laughs> oh my god they're so bad um but yeah um always leave the ground having rickets or something whenever i go to qpr do you know can i, can I just ask a question here because I, I don't like charlie austin but where where did it come from that? the loss or challenge it was when he kicks it? him yeah, yeah it was from that yeah. There wasn't anything when he was at Swindon, though, was there? Was no, it, it was only generally... that. It was it was yeah, generally it only was that. that yeah. um, the the Southampton one. It's, like, it's five years ago, Town fans. Come on, oh, and then let he it came go. And celebrating in front of us though with uh, Ward Prowse like cupping his ears, like what are you about weirdo. Um, but well, he feeds you know. off that. Why do we give him energy? Why mm. do we give these players energy? Always pisses me off. Well, it's the stupidest thing you can do. It's like when we used when we used to do the same for uh, Ross McCormack. Do you remember that? Used to yeah. always give everywhere we everywhere we played. Villa, didn't like, he, yeah, we everywhere played. he went. We I think to... that was like the only goal he scored for Villa as Probably. well. Probably against us. Yeah. 
Well, you talked about a big lad earlier, Tom, uh, mm. and Freddie actually mentioned my player, but he's not a big lad. Uh, but Ryan's yeah. chair, I think he's the one I picked, yeah. particularly because he's a very yeah. small yeah, he's man. <laughs> he's a small man, but Tom, we said when, do you remember? Do you remember? We, we were nearly in the Premier League again. Yeah. Um, a player we would have signed if we'd have gone yeah. up or would have liked to sign a quality player. I think he is going to, we've got midfield issues as we talked about. I think he could have a lot of joy yeah. uh, in that. I'm afraid three goals, say, three yeah, assists. Yeah. Exceptional player at this level for me. Um, surprised, like, you know, Burnley with all their spending and someone like that. Yeah. Well, he'd have fit right in that team, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Instead, they've got Scott Twine, who's the poshest footballer I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's Although, really saying that, I found out Trent Alexander-Arnold went to a private school. Did you know that? Mm. Oh, did not know. Look at that yeah. for a pod excuse, exclusive there. Scouse <laughs> private school. Yeah. Scouse private There's school. Four, it was four of them. I read it. As, like, it was in the Guardian article about like state schools and private schools and like footballers. And uh, yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Phil Foden, both private schools. Mm. Or no, private really? or grammar, sorry. Private or grammar. So no, I could right. be wrong there. But one of them okay. definitely went to private school. Well, you know, podcasts are a great place to throw out wild, yeah. wild statements. Oh, yeah. No Complete, feel free to fact check me completely on that. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, so we've covered our players. Uh, it's time for view from the other side. So, Tom, you went down to the, the big smoker, I believe people call it. Yeah, I went to West London. The only true um, West London side, Alex told me, because <sighs> he said Chelsea and Fulham are technically <laughs> southwest London. So... Um, but it was really nice chatting with Alex. Um, he sounded uh, very, I don't know what the word is, but he, he felt um, worried for us, basically. But in... <laughs> yeah, he's he, was, not wrong. he was very nice about it. So I caught with Alex from our generation about Saturday. Hi, Alex. Cheers for joining me today to do just, oh, fuck you now. Good start. So whenever I'm reading stuff. <laughs> All right. Hi, Alex. Cheers for joining me today to discuss QPR and your thoughts on the game ahead this Saturday. Uh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, we're good, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Good. No worries. Um, thanks for coming on. It's uh, nice to get other views from other fans. So, first of all, what are your thoughts on this season so far? Um, well, I think it's slowly starting to come together what exactly we want to see from the side. Obviously, new manager and kind of um, after getting not really close last season to the playoffs and falling away, there's a kind of, it, I feel like we're in a bit of a limbo. We don't really know. We could end up having a really good season, challenging for the playoffs and, you know, you never know what happens from there. Or we could end up mid-table and it sort of all kind of, falls away again and then we're looking at selling players and selling our best players and it will the project starts again mm. but I think with the most recent performance it's kind of highlighted that we need to make changes in the midfield quite often and that's why we've signed uh, an Aston Villa midfielder Tim Roganbaum I think that's how you say his name it's quite a difficult one um, but in the games against Watford and I forget now. Um, Watford and there was another home game that we played where we were very impressive. We played them off the park at times, and we went toe to toe with Watford. Obviously, one of the sort of teams at the higher end of the table, and we played a very intense sort of pressing, uh, fast-paced game with a high line. And it was very, you know, it was kind of a lot of uh, 
hot nonsense in a sense, but it was good fun to watch and it got goals and we maybe concede a few, but we, it's going to be entertaining. Um, uh, and we'll kind of, at times we might play very well and blow teams away. Like we were three and up against Middlesbrough very quickly on into our game there. And then the other home game we mentioned Hull, three and up against them as well in the first half at home. So, and you think, you know, we're surely going to be on for good things. But then you get the Swansea result where it all sort of brings it back down to reality and the necessity to fresh a side up every now and again. But there's definitely positive signs there. It's starting to click a lot better. And it just seems to be, at least at home, I think we're going to be quite an enjoyable side to watch. Yeah, I was just going to say at home, you've especially the last few, and it a lot of goals straight out at teams uh doesn't sound good for town <laughs> well the thing is last week after the whole match again we were very we scored quite a few in the first half and it, look we absolutely played them off the park i was very confident going into the swansea game spoke to a swansea fan and he was sort of like oh, we don't like teams that press us and we had we were pressing hull and i thought this is going to go really well and it comes to it and it was just a drab one nil mm. loss to a side that we probably should have beaten but yeah you know, you learn from that, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously we we just transfer windows just shut, so you, there'll be a few new players. But then you've obviously got players from last season. Well, but is is there anyone this season that really excites you? I'm going to slightly cheat and say two players because they, they they work better together when they're apart. They're still good, but they're not. But when it's together, it's like a different two different players it's Chris Willock and Ilias Chair they mm. their link up play is fantastic and they've both had brilliant starts this season Willock's on four goals already and uh, he was scoring a goal a game obviously before the weekend Chair I believe has got three goals and three assists already and at the very sort of first couple of games we were looking at it and sort of seeing his performances and thinking he's not actually playing that well but he's picking up goals and he's mm. getting involved and stuff and then he pops up with a very good free kick against Sunderland and then a goal, I think, the week later. So, you know, he, he's just, he just starts with these sort of not so impressive performances, but there's moments of quality at crucial times. But in the late, in the last two games against uh, Hull and Watford, he really did hit his stride along with Willock and they've just been fantastic. And they're going to be the two players that are going to drive us on this season. Um, chair particularly with his pressing was unreal against Hull I've never n- seen someone run so much um, he su- had such energy it was br- really good performances from them too so far so if there's any what if there's going to be two players that are going to bring success for QPR it's going to be them yeah two really good players that um, I, f- I think when we had Willock on loan that, that season something like we were offered to buy him for some it's silly. I think it was, I think it was probably the same amount you paid and we turned it yeah. down. And it's just that's got to be one one of the regrets that town have got to have not not taking that up. And then chair, what a player. Um I remember in the summer, one of the funniest things I saw was like um it was like the I don't know if it was the local paper of round near Millwall or something suggesting that they were gonna try sign him. And it's just like <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that we would sign or sell to a sort of another championship team yeah. you'd have to play a massive premium on him yeah but it's just bizarre but yeah. uh yeah that that wouldn't be happening nowhere no um so yeah it's, it's it should be 
a lively game, I think. There'll, there'll definitely be goals. Um, hopefully Town can get a couple. That's the problem. We've had a few games recently where we've come up against teams who have conceded and then we've still not been able to score. So going on about that then, Alex, um, what what's your prediction for Saturday? Have you got anything in mind? Um, well, like you said, there will be goals. We play this really high line now and there's not a lot, apart from the two fullbacks, Ethan Laird in particular has got an unbelievable amount of pace on him. Uh, so he will be tracking back quite a bit, I imagine, uh, whilst also getting forward. But Dunn and Dickey, who I assume are going to be starting as the centre-backs, aren't the quickest. So if you get the ball over the top in behind them and you've got someone up, up top that's sort of just a little bit quicker than them, then, yeah, you've got a pretty good chance of getting a couple of goals. Uh, I don't want to be sort of like, you know, too excited about it. But the last couple of games I've seen, we've scored six goals, I think, at home in the last two games I've been to. So I would personally say probably get a 2-1 win for us would be fair at this point. Mm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I was confident last week about going into Swansea and we were humbled for 1-0 loss. So, yeah. you know, it, it's football, it's sport. You never quite know what's going to happen in it. And uh, this could be the turnaround in the season for you. Oh, <laughs> let's hope so, but <laughs> I don't know, mate. Um, I think that's very generous of you, too. <laughs> I'm ne- I never want to be sort of too, I never predict us to lose, yeah. But I'm, I'm never going to predict us to go and thrash someone no. because it's just not, you can't, uh, you can't do that. You I just know. can't, I know, but we'll see, won't we? Um, are you going on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I will be going, so um, yeah, it'd be nice to get back there. Yeah, nice one. Well, uh, enjoy it. Um, we've... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Got a couple of nice away kits that you can admire, so <laughs> that'll be something. Perfect. Do I do appreciate a good uh, football kit. It's one yeah. of my ma- exactly. many pleasures, yeah. That's the one thing I've enjoyed so far this year, so that's <laughs> all right. Um, all right, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, good luck on Saturday. Um, but yeah, let's hope that town maybe turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cheers. no problem. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, mate. Awesome. Right. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Lovely stuff, Tom. What a great name that is for a podcast, by the way. Our generation. Spot on. Yeah. Um, anyway, Tom, mm. have you checked your letterbox? I do you know what I haven't because um they're on strike at the moment, Brady, so I didn't bother. <laughs> well, solidarity with the workers, but um, clearly we've got some people who've crossed the picket line because uh, there's a mailbag. 
<laughs> you've got mail. Brady, I can't believe you've got DPD in to deliver this mail back. Yeah, don't, put, well. don't, don't get every in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't stand him. <laughs> anyway, um, so we've got quite a few questions. Um, thanks for everyone who, who submitted them. Uh, there's quite a few that are similar, so we'll start with this one first, um, which is from Ben at HTAFC underscore Ben. He asks, with everyone fit, excluding Pearson, what would you say our best team formation is? Now, I think that's a good one because, as we saw, another criticism in Blackpool game, a lot of players getting paid, played out of position. So, um, who wants to be put on the spot? Who's going to... Go on. Let's Go do on, it. Tom. Right, on, so, Tom. so Nichols in net, in it. We'll all agree with that. Yep. No. Shut yeah, up, Brady. <laughs> Is Billy Kapovic still there? Has he gone alone? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, we've not got a keeper. Not, um, yeah, Bill... Bill Kapapit, can't, can't even say his name. Um, he was on the bench here for Blackpool, wasn't he? So right, so then you're back free. Let's say we're doing the Schofield three five three or whatever it is. Three yeah. three five three five three. three. Getting an extra man in there. Um three four two one. Three four one. Three nine seven eight. It could be Skittles for um, as far as we know at this point, isn't it? You're really? just, yeah. You're just saying numbers, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, Nichols, Lees, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. Helic, yeah, get yep. straight in for me, and then I'd probably play Nakiyama and have them as your free. Okay, I'll you probably put Mbete there and have Nakiyama as a left wing back because I don't trust Ruffles, unfortunately. Same. Yeah, but then Nakiyama, he's not going to get up and down as much, is yeah, he? Yeah, but I I, that, at this point, mate, it's a defensive solidity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so then you play back far, don't you? But anyway, if you're doing the back three. That's it for me, I think. Oh, then we put him better there then. Um yeah. right, and then your wing backs, Hayden, right wing yeah. back. Yep. Um and it is just gonna have to be Russell. Or John Russell, left wing back. Yeah, Ruffles. Or like Brian he said, uh Thomas potentially. Because mm-hmm. he can do a job there. And um you could argue that was when he was almost playing his Better football last season yeah. when he when he was in that that wing back role. Um, midfield's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, who's your strongest? If if you count in um, Kasumu as fit, then he gets in there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. With Russell, not on current form. Oh, I think he's been me. a bit better. Um. Oh, yeah. It would probably be Hog Kasumu Radoni for me and put Radoni as a more advanced midfielder or as closest to being a 10 as possible. Or maybe Andrew in there, but then you could play Andrew in uh, left wing and play mm. Thomas right. But, and yeah. That's what I mean. If you had Radoni and Andrew in as that kind of the two behind Ward um, with Thomas on the fullback. Well, they both have to play. Yeah, we that's yeah. that's a given. That's what I mean. I, I I think you could do that. For me, that would potentially be my strongest. I just don't, that that midfield, though, isn't it? Isn't, yeah. So yeah. glaring. Mm. Yeah. Well, we I had mean, a Premier League player last year, didn't we? Do you know what my dad said? He texted me saying, should we have got rid of Carol Lighting? Well... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he was a bit un- unlucky. But I, to be honest, we offered didn't we offer him 18 months and he only wanted six? 
Right. So yeah. I think it's one of them. And then right. I think if okay. you if you get offered a, a six month deal, I think uh, that's I can understand why yeah. Carlos didn't play. Yeah. And Russell, to be fair, I think we yeah. were expecting Russell to kick on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your what's your forward line then, Tom? Did you say Thomas? So no, I'm putting Thomas as a wing back. Okay. And then I'm putting Rudoni and Andrew in. Okay. With Ward in front of them. Okay. I think. Right. Um, because I think Rudoni, like you touched on Freddie, I think he he'd be more effective further up the pitch. Yeah. More of an attacking midfielder than a sitting in the middle. I know he's getting forward, but. He needs to be getting chances because he needs what, to be arriving late in the box. That's what he yeah, does. That's what he. Did that's what he was doing yeah. at Wimbledon. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think, Brad? Have you got one written down? Um, I think mine and Freddie's is quite similar. So Nichols, obviously, I think he's been playing a foot. Well, the the only game where we got a good result was Stoke, obviously, and it was three four three pretty much. So. Nichols, I'd go Helic, Lees, and Mbete. I know Mbete we've not seen play, but he's a left-sided centre-back. Yeah, he's a, never learned. I think that makes sense. Mm. We've got Kesler Hayden. I think Turton. I would put in like it depends on the game, but I think Kesler Hayden. If you want to go more attacking Turton, if you need us to be a bit more solid, Nakiyama is left wing back because from what from what I've heard, like he's pretty much Toffler's replacement, or that's what they were thinking. Um. Then I think the midfield two, it can vary. I, I wonder if you put, I'm debating between putting two in there or, or doing three, but I think if I had to do a two, I would go Kasumi and Russell because I think Russell has been a bit better since um, West, West Brom. He was he was really bad and looked really off the pace, but I think if you have Kasumi for the running, I think that could work. Hmm. Hoggy's probably not going to play 46 games this season due to his age and his you know recurring injury. Um, and then... I think front three is interesting. I'd put Thomas on the right, to be fair. I'd have Ward in the middle, but I think Rhodes is a good option off the bench. Um, and to be honest, you can you can switch them for me. And then Andrin, I think Rodoni's unlucky to miss out, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know where to put him. I suppose, you, again, maybe swap him out with Russell. But um, mm. Rodoni's better forward, like you say, arriving late. That's, that's I don't hate that. I don't hate that lineup. I think Kasuma and Russell is balanced. The only thing I, I would say is that with our midfield quality, I think we really need a three. So if I was going to yeah. go really creative, I'd probably play Kasumu, Russell, and Holmes. I think I. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dwayne Holmes. I do not understand why he gets so much stick. I know his passing isn't amazing at times, but for what he for what his performances are at the moment. The stick he gets is so unwarranted. Like it's like some of the stuff I hear at games, and like he misplaces a pass, and as if he's just like you know shot one of their kids. It's just, it's ridiculous some of the criticism he gets. So I I I mean I and and I think he 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 clearly cares. Like he clearly is passionate, and I know that doesn't count for a lot in performances wise, but it shows on a pitch. Like he actually will fight. He's one he's one of those players you know will fight for us if it does get really bad. So that would probably be my three if you're playing a four-three-three, and then yeah, I'd probably play maybe Andrian on the wing, mm-hmm. and then have Thomas on the other ward up front. I know Andrian yeah. isn't isn't technically a winger, but he can play there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rodoni misses out, but again, you could you could probably swap out um, a few of them. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and um, I agree with you 
Freddie about Holmes. Tom Tom does as well. But uh, hot take said this said this earlier um, to Matt. I think he was a bit annoyed. But uh, I'm not comparing him to Lewis. But I think in the specific trait uh, specific trait of carrying the ball forward and breaking the lines, Holmes is the closest we've got to Lewis for doing Agreed. that. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, no, actually, I quite like that as a three: Kasumi, Russell, and Holmes. So yeah, mm. maybe I th- I think you're right. Maybe four three three, and then. I suppose you put Turton and Nakayama as your, your wing backs and Kessler Hayden maybe as a kind of. I'd probably pick Kessler Hayden over to Turton for now, uh, just because yeah. we need creativity. Um, yeah. So, but I don't know, obviously have I'd have the same defence as you. I'd have Mbete, Helic, and Lees, um, mm-hmm. just because we need that defence. We need that. To, we need to put those three in and just keep them there now. Yeah. Me. Agree. Agree. Okay, Ben. There, <laughs> there's your answer. Uh, we got there in the end. Uh, okay, so this is. <sighs> Unsurprisingly, guys, um, we've got a lot of questions about this. So uh, Hannah at uh, HT Hannah one and Marcus Burler, they asked a similar question. So Hannah said, if not Schofield, then who? And Marcus said, if Danny Schofield is to leave, who realistically would you want Dean to bring in? And who do you think Town could hire a manager this time around? E.g. Wagner or continue with a head coach system? Thomas Sickle's available. Can we uh, send a cheeky bid in? No. I mean, my favourite comment of all the questions we got was, uh, how's Tuchel been sat before Schofield? Which um, I hope is tongue-in-cheek, because uh, <laughs> there's obviously clear reasons for that. Yeah. Um, uh, who wants to go first with this then, if, if Schofield... Uh, uh, I'll have a stab at this. So, on, my in my limited research that I did when you sent me this question over, Brady, I had a look at the current crop of managers out there, and I think if we are... So I divided it into two types, right? So British young manager type, which is the one I actually know the most about, and the firefighters. Okay, so for the former, I picked out three people. Now, the obvious one is Liam Manning from MK Dons, which was the rumour when Corbran left, but there wasn't actually anything in it, as far as I'm aware. Um, His stock might have gone down slightly a little, given MK Dons' current position, which is 18th. But it's very early in the season, so you you can't judge too much from that. MK Dons played some really good football last season in their third place finish. They're a bit unlucky to lose in the playoffs. Uh, they also got they, their model is also a head coach, so it fits our model. The other two I picked out: Mark Bonner from Cambridge. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, the currently okay. fifth in League One, promoted runners up in the 2021 season. I actually saw him speak live at the uh, not the top 20 live show in London, and he's pretty jokes. <laughs> he he walked on stage. I didn't know what he looked like. I was like, well, the bloody hell, the bank manager's got a few promotions here. <laughs> just, it just looks. He just looks like a, like a, an estate agent who's become a become a football manager. He's, but he was quite. He was quite jokes to be fair. Um, and he spoke very well. He's got a lot of charisma. I think if we brought him in, he could bring some sort of vim and a similar vibe to how Wagner came in and rejuvenated the fan base. But obviously, not. I'm not comparing the two a, a, a lot yeah. there. Um, and then the other one was Matt Taylor from Exeter City, promoted to League One again last season. Uh, replaced Paul Tisdale, which is pretty hard boots to fill. Uh, I believe he was like the, I think he came from within the club. He might've been an under 21 manager or something like that. My, 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 my research has let me down there. Uh, but the cons obviously still relatively young. A lot of these managers are still relatively young and we might need a firefighter if things go really tits up by, you know, the next three or four games. And I've got under firefighters struggle to think of manager within our wage bracket. That's him. That's my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> knowing our current constraints and league position. So we don't have the money of Stoke. So we can't bring in Alex Neal. Uh, and a bigger name probably wouldn't take the risk, would they? Yeah. 
No, it's a good point. And to be honest, I, what I would say is people have suggested like Daesh and Slav Village. That's just not going to happen. Like, I'm well, sorry. I, I, don't don't know. I don't know about Daesh, though. Why? No, I, he's waiting I for don't... a home job. That's yeah, not but... happening, Tom. Is he? Great. Yeah, if you look is. at where he's been, Watford and Burnley. He's waiting for a yeah, pen job, mate. Hundred percent. If uh, mm. if Lampard gets sacked, he's going to Everton. I'm telling you right now. It, he's, no. he's not going to come to. He's not going to come to town. Not the, not, way Everton, to town. not the way Everton. Not the way Everton set up there now. Not what they're going for with the future of that stadium. Everything. They're not going to get someone like Dyson. No, they've just got James Tarkovsky and Dwight McNeil, two Burnley players. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Everton podcast. I don't think Daesh is too unrealistic. I think oh, I, it's oh. not going to happen, but I don't, I don't think it's as unrealistic as people think. Oil's not going to pay his wages, bro. No, yeah. but I and don't we're think... we're not going to give him money to build a team. No, so, so why would he come? I don't Martin think it? it's... Um, I'm not... No, but I just don't think he's as big as people make out. He's he's good, He's a Premier League manager. Like, he's not... We're not a Premier League team, so it's, it's just no. not going to happen. Like, anyway, Tom... Who who realistic realistically who would who would you bring in? Realistically, who would I bring if, in if it continues to be bad? Who would I want to bring in? I don't know. I can't, I actually can't think who I'd actually want to bring in as a coach because those names that Freddie's listed, I don't know anything about them particularly. So like, it's just maybe the diet said about half an hour. Well, ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like it's literally what we've had the last few well since Wagner. Is li- it, that yeah. is literally what we've had. People we don't know coming in. So do you know what? I don't care really. Okay. Um, if it's if that's the way we're going, I don't care. If you if we're changing it and going down with some going for someone with a bit of experience, um, I don't know who you look at. Um, See, Mowbray, Mowbray would have been good, but he's gone to yeah, uh, so he's, he's gone to Sunderland. Gone. You've got Scott Parker just out of job. Woodgate. He won't come down. I don't um, want any more street memed videos, please. Not for town. We've had enough. We've had enough jokes in our time. Can I don't you want any more of those. Parker was in the dugout with two grand cardigan at town. Yeah. Oh, mate. We live in a world where you lose Nigel one Adkins. game and you're the worst Nig- manager in the oh, No, not a town, please. No. Nigel Adkins is one name that's come up a few times whenever we've lost a manager. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Look, I'm not. I'm listing names, realistic <laughs> names. It's you slim pickings, though, innit? Really? That's okay. what I mean. Yeah. You've just asked right. me for realistic names. I'm going <laughs> right, through Tom, realistic settle. names. Um, but it is Brady. I, I actually cannot think. No, I'm the same. I was struggling for names as well. Okay. So then, who, who do you yeah. get in? Well, Wagner. right. I've, Bring I've been. <laughs> I've had time to think about this, and I've been I've been chatting to Matt about it. Um, and I think we're we're in agreement. Hate to say it as well. Look, I think. The thing is, before people be like, "Oh, you want Sch- let Schofield gone?" We want we all want Schofield to do well. Like I think I can speak for the whole pod when we say that. But five defeats in seven games, if it continues like it's it's not good enough, and we've been asked the question. Realistically, for me, um, and Matt's in, in, you know, me and Matt kind of feel similar about this. So I may be repeating some of his points, but I think we need a real. If it carries on like this. And like you touched on, Freddie, if you're in a situation where it's a relegation battle, it's essentially a Cowley job. You need a man manager to come in who's got... No, I, I'm not saying get Danny Cowley. I'm not. 
Like, Sounds but like you, you are. Need, no, no, no. You need you need Wait a manager. Danny Cal is here. Yeah, no, Brady. Yeah, I appreciate the call, but I don't think I'm taking that job again. You know, even as Phil is obviously left as chairman, I'm pretty happy at Portsmouth. Obviously. We've got Joshy now on loan from the club, and I'm really trying to build a foundation here. You know, with <laughs> the team showing a lot of desire, a lot of character, a lot of threat. So it wouldn't be for me, to be honest. All right, cheers, Danny, for Fair popping enough. in. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Please, I'm not. I, I wouldn't want those Danny rumors. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let, let me get this out. But I think we need we need a we need a man manager who's going to lift the players if the situation continues like this, right? Mm. I think realistically, we're not going to get Daesh. We're not going to get like a firefighter, let like you say. I think the best town could do is maybe go for someone top end league one, lower end championship. Um, and I, I think Paul Warren from Rotherham. I don't think they'd get Paul Warren. I get Paul I'd Warren. want Paul Warren all day long, but... I think Liam Richardson Paul, at Wigan as well is a good shout, but I don't think he'd leave. If he's Paul up there above us. <laughs> if, exactly, Freddie. If Paul Warren's doing well at Rotherham, the club that he obviously oh, loves so much, the fact that he's, he's almost died there. for. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know what I mean, Brady? I, I'm with you. I'd want Paul Warren all day long. I've wanted Paul Warren to become town manager for, well, since Wagner, really, since Wagner left. Um, but I just don't think he'll leave, especially if he's doing decent with Rotherham. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing I would say though is it depends how you sell it. Like, and I think if Dean was backing him in January, look, we Rotherham are a bit of a yo-yo club in this league, yeah. you know. And I, I think personally, maybe it's just hoping. I think he's a good manager. I think he's a good man manager. Like you say, he's very committed to Rotherham. My only slight concern is someone is so committed to one club. Like, yeah. is that going to work somewhere else? I kind of yeah. thought that with Eddie Howe, but I suppose yeah. uh, blood money helps with that. But nice. um, like. <laughs> Allegedly. I, I think, I think, allegedly. I allegedly. 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 Um, I think Paul Warren could be is is realistic enough. And I I'm not criticizing Rotherham, but the fact is like we have a bigger wage budget, and I think it's a step up in terms of that sense for Paul Warren and the ability to test himself without it being, you know, too much. I think it's one of them where I think he genuinely could be like a, a Premier League manager if he if he carries on. Do you think? And I want. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's like. I think he's good. And I wonder if it's town. Mm. You know, like I'm not like I'm not saying like he's going to go to Liverpool or anything to replace Klopp, but like I think it could be like lower end Prem for sure. Um, and I think town would have an opportunity to get him, and it could. You know, if it it's a bit of a gamble, but. It's a good move, and I think that could work. And I think that's fairly realistic, you know. Yeah, it's not a we bad have better shout. players than Rotherham, you know, yeah. like on paper. So I mean, we've loaned players to him. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, exactly. um, da- Danny's going to be fine. He's going to sort it out. Don't worry. You're really channeling James Whitaker there, mate. You're really channeling that positivity. <laughs> I love some of that. Don't worry. Um, it's a tactic. He's gonna. It's like make us look bad for ten games. <laughs> I I forget who asked it, but um, I suppose the other thing and and look like, like we said, but it's another Schofield question. It's how long do you give Schofield? We got asked by quite a few people. How many games you played now? Seven or six? Seven. Seven. Uh, I think three more. Yeah, the are three very big games as well. Yep. So QPR, Wigan, and Cardiff. Yeah. Um the two home games, they're the big ones. I think if if you're not getting four points minimum from those home games, um I said to 
Cosy. We needed, I think it was nine points from our, since Blackpool, from our next six is yeah. what, what we need and to to keep, for him to stay in. Yeah. Um, can and Coventry aren't going to stay crap forever. They're a good team. No. I don't know how they're um, bottom. Well, they're only, they've only played five games, chaos. but yeah, 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 yeah. they good. They got good. They got really good players. Like we could be in danger of being adrift. That's my worry. Yeah, and then the whole season will become more, you know, just the, the one thing, It's a, it is really interesting this league though. You've got to remember how tight it is. I think, oh, I, look, we all want him to pull it around, but when you look at really the league, do. when you look at the league, the point, the points gap is there, but there's a lot of teams on the same kind of goal difference. And I think you've always kind of got to look at the goal difference to kind of figure out where things are going. So from like 14th down, it's all like minus two to minus four. Town are on minus four now. There's about three teams above on minus four. Like, I think that's quite a good indication of where teams are at with where they're setting up. Mm. Um, I, that, That's what I normally look at in the season because you get a good feel about who's scoring and who's conceding. Do you know what I mean? And in the long yeah. run, it kind of all adds it out. So at the moment, it's looking like town are going to be down there with about six other teams, really. Um, Bielsa's out of a job. Who? Bielsa. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Well, do you know what? Michael O'Neill's out of a job. and I, I would take actually... Michael O'Neill. Mm. I'd take him. So would I, Freddie. I don't know if that's realistic. Potential. I don't know who knows. I mean, I he, I know. think I think right. We play ourselves down as a club. I but, know. Yeah. I know. I think we do play ourselves down as a club. Maybe the money isn't there, but I think as a attractive, well followed, well structured club. Look, we're we're following this. We're almost following this. Trying to follow the same model as Brentford, aren't we? With with the yeah. the the B team and all that, like um, a little Brentford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your price, uh, Brentford. That's what I, we're doing. <laughs> I think it is. There, I think I think you could get someone decent in if if they wanted to. And it's about and would you were? Uh, do you know what I mean, Brady? We haven't had it for a while. When was the last time we brought in a bit of experience? Anyway, yeah, I'm, no, I don't want to talk about this because Danny is going to sort it out and keep okay, us. That's fine. Yeah, the, only, mean, you... <laughs> the only thing that I think will happen, if, if he does go, what I don't want is them to try and think Lightning will strike twice with Corbrand and try and get like Rayo Vallecano's under-19 coach. Yeah. So Freddie, I don't I think, think that's going to work. Sure. I agree. Yeah. And... Also, I don't think Wagner would come back. I don't think nah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No, not not no. at this point. No, no. Um, yeah, I don't know who. I think yeah. The question of how many games. I agree with you, Tom. I think three. Um, someone said, "Oh well, why don't we wait until the World Cup?" But that's thirteen games. <laughs> no way. That's like that's half the season, you know. And I think the thing is, I agree with you. Four points, but I think if we see a turnaround in performances, I think that's it. Like it depends. It depends as much on the performances as well. Yeah, because um, you can't see yeah. a plan right now, can you? Really? No. That's what. That's the worrying thing for me. I can't really see a plan, like a like an evolution of how we're going to play. Yeah, I kind of remember all this from Carlos. So that's the only thing that is. I just, I just, the only thing I'm. I know you've talked about Carlos a lot, but the only thing is he got a really good start, and that's yeah. what brought him. Being yeah, that's what. Bought, was was it twenty three games we didn't win? Uh, it, no, it's like two wins in 23 or something. That like was that. it, yeah, two wins in 23. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he had such a good start. 
and that bought him time. And like like I said to you, I know listeners will be sick of this, but we had no fans in. We had no fans. We got no grand. <laughs> that made, um, a difference. made a difference. It, it did make a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's like Schofield, you can feel it in the stadium. Schofield is under Sunday. so much more pressure. Yeah, he has been if, dealt a terrible hand. You've got oh a, no doubt. Oh, spot been, on. Proverbially yeah. hung out to dry. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the yeah yeah. We all agree. You know, late. I've said this. It's a difficult position for any manager coming three weeks before the season, even yeah. if you're one of the most experienced in the game. So. Mm. This isn't a criticism, Schofield. I just, I just, I question whether he's the right fit at the time. But anyway, let, let's move on because it's time yeah. for you're the boss. How we're going to line up for the QPR game, Freddie? Uh, I always ask, but want to see if you've changed your mind. What's your managerial outfit if you're in the dugout? Oh, I suit all day, mate. Suit all day. Yeah. What yeah. color? Oh, I don't want to go dark blue, but like light, a light enough blue that I don't look like a milkman. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fair, bold yeah. enough, but not too bold. Yeah. Fair, fair. And in your uh, not Milton man like suit, what's your lineup for town? How would you line up in this one? I'd uh, probably go 3 5 2 or 3 4 3, whatever variation he decides to do. I'd mm. probably, as you said, Brady, put uh, Helic and Bete and Lees at the back. I'd play Kessler Hayden right. I'd play Nakayama left. Oh, it's bloody anyone for the midfield. Um, I don't think Kasumu's fit, is he? Still, mm, don't think so. No. Okay, so I'd probably play Hog. I'd probably play Hog Radoni Holmes in the middle. Yeah, and then I play uh, Thomas right, Andrew in left, mm. Ward middle. Okay. Yeah, Tom. Any any difference? For is that? that is that formation right? Is that in um, the correct? I mean, I don't players? think you, I just, I don't I think just you named the left that. back, but um, oh, no, I said Nakiyama. Yeah, he said Nakiyama. I did. said Nakiyama. Yeah. Hang on, have you thinking? Have I picked more? Have I picked more than one? Have I picked three? Have I picked twelve players? I might have. Okay, scratch one midfielder. Scratch one midfielder. Holmes, regrettably. Okay. Okay. Tom, any changes? Right. So it was three, four, two, one against Blackpool. Yeah. Um. So you had Hog at centre back. So that's Hellick going in there for me. I'm yep. I'm putting Nakiyama in a back three. So Nakiyama's dropping back from. I'm doing what I just said to you basically. I'm putting yeah. Thomas Thomas's full back, almost to. I know I know sometimes it's a bit frustrating with Thomas. Um, doesn't look like he's maybe tracking his man and stuff, but he's got the pace to maybe keep up with Willock. Um. Yeah. So I'd I'd maybe like that there and then uh, I'd I'd probably put Hogg and Russell in the middle then push Jack up to that kind of two behind Ward with Andrew in and then yeah Ward up front um so kind of not many changes just changing the his the players that he had on on their Sunday yeah no good point um yeah I mean for me again I think pretty much the same team as Freddie. I do wonder if it, I think the thing is I wonder if you go back four so you can beef up the midfield and get a free in there. But I just I don't know. I just don't this trust our defense. I don't trust. I don't. I just don't trust our defense right now until we get Helican and Betty settled. Yeah, so I'd rather pack it than have it a yeah, little bit no. more exposed. 
I agree. Now. So yeah, yeah, pretty much your team, Freddie. I think um, the correct the version, is... <laughs> the one with eleven players in it. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, back three: Helic, Lees, and uh, Bette. Wing backs: Naki, Arman, Kesler, Hayden, and then Rodonian. It'd be nice to see Hug. an adaptable. Like you just don't get that much anymore in like managers, do you? Like adapting formations to games. It's always like. Carlos did that last season, mate. Where you yeah, been? Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's when he changed Freddie, didn't he? Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's no, like, I hear you, mate. It's like you've got to, you don't have to stick to a philosophy. Play to the strengths you've got, and if the game asks for it, change to make yeah, yeah. To, to to give yourself a better chance of winning. Um, and like you said, maybe dropping back to a back four on Saturday will be good for us because. Look, that you know, one thing they've done well at home. So it's been very mixed bag their their form at home recently. Like, but that they, they've had two games where they've just started so well, um, and basically scored about three goals in the first whatever forty minutes. Yeah. We need we need to make sure we can see that forty minutes out because when when they have struggled, so it was um Borough and Hull that they absolutely annihilated basically in the first half. But then they've had they struggled against Rotherham and Blackpool, where it was they just couldn't get anything done in that kind of opening thirty minutes. So if we can hold strong for that first thirty, yeah, you never know. But that I think that's a tactical thing that you've got to do to do that. I think you you maybe you do have to load that defense out. Yeah, that's what I think because we started time. so many games so poorly. Yeah, like, the amount yeah. of times where I've just looked at my phone, and it's notification. <laughs> Five minute gold against town. Like, oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. yeah, here we go again. Okay, well, you talked on little predictions then, Tom. What What do you think for the score prediction then? Um, oh, I haven't even um written that down. Uh, but I'll go because uh, right, they're gonna score. Right, yeah. it's whether and they've conceded goals this season, but they. they- the annoying thing is we've we've scored a few, but these last two games, I don't know what it is couldn't be, couldn't score against Blackpool, couldn't score against Bristol City. Couldn't it? Both... Girls born with banjo. Who've <laughs> <laughs> both conceded goals, so we need we need a goal. But um, I'm gonna be positive and say it, we're it's gonna be two all. Okay, two all. And get a point, get a point down in West London. Fuck it, I'm going two one town. Love yes, Freddie. Love that. Um. Ward and you're in. Nice. Nice, I'd take that. I hope, I mean, to be honest, I think Helic and at least Helic will definitely, he'll definitely start. I think Mbete may start and I think that will make a big difference. Um, but I think, I think one all. To be honest, I think. I'll take one all. One all, I think yeah. could be two one then. Quite I'm just going to bring in the master predictor, Mark Lawrenson, Brady. He's going to... Oh, Mark Lawrenson. No, Tom, the Mark in myself for every game we've played. That's the best Mark Lawrenson I can do. <laughs> okay. I just um, remember the FIFA 99 commentary. So he, he, he was just on a loop going, the Mark in myself for every time you <laughs> see the goal. Yeah, those, they're, they're great commentaries, right? It's just the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, he did, a, he did a football cliches episode where they spoke to him about like how little he sounds like he cares on all, all the commentaries he used to do for the games. No, it was really I weird. Hear that. that was great. Mark Lawrence and Danny Murphy sound exactly the same when they're commentating. It's really weird. I, I've you... had so many times where I'm like, which one is it? Just dour northern men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If 
you've ever watched a very there's a sketch on YouTube of this guy who takes off Hanson, Lineker and Lawrenson. And uh, I always repeat it to all my friends because there's a bit where Lawrenson goes, well, you're talking about, you know, a guy who's in his, you know, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, <laughs> 28, 29, you know, 30 year old. You know, even then was showing the maturity of, you know, what you're 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40 year old, Gary. So good. Amazing. Right. I'll tell you what else is amazing. It's the amazing ventures of the amazing elbow. Me. Um, I think the fans could probably see I was trying my best working hard. The amazing elbow. As a centre forward, you know, the last thing you want is a gold drought and starting off with a club. Started on my own up front and the really good centre forwards like Jordan were rested. Tom, tee us up. What is our um, big crusader this time? Right, so previously he just assaulted the cabbage man in the kit office, um, ignoring the blueprints completely. Um, is he going to regret that at some point? Potentially, could have been some juicy information there, but instead he just decided to randomly elbow the cabbage man. Um, <laughs> so everyone voted in their droves for this because. <laughs> What, it's, three uh, people? Three yeah. whole people voted for this? Hell. All that work you put in, Tom. <laughs> Shambles. <laughs> How dare they? Um, and they voted for... <laughs> it was ten. <laughs> it was twelve. Anyway. Um, they voted that the, the cabbage man sets his army of dinner ladies upon the amazing elbow, who then is trapped... And he's held down by these uh, these dinner ladies. Um, and it looks like there's no way out um, because the pure strength of these dinner ladies just looks too much for him. Um, and he can only do one thing to escape. So he reaches down to his left sock and removes dot, dot, dot. What does he remove? Freddie, would you uh, like the honour of going first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I've got... I've got a niche answer, which you two might get, but I don't know how many people will get. While staying uh, completely politically impartial, uh, he could pull out a pork market from Beijing. If you know, you know. But the actual answer I would like to give is uh, Thomas Tuchel's compensation fee. He, he chucks it around in £50 notes, showering his enemies with it and distracting them so he can get away. Oh, those dinner ladies would be distracted by that, I tell you that, but yeah. That's a good one. They might be yeah. uh, be distracted by his pork uh, <laughs> pork market as well. <laughs> um so Tom, for the listeners, because they'll see when you you know, we tweet it out, but yeah. what were the what were the dinner ladies names, uh, the army of dinner ladies? Uh, um we had uh Sam, <laughs> Samantha Allardyce, yeah, um, Tonya Pulis, and uh, Mary um, Hughes. <laughs> there and, and then there's one more, which is um, was a request by Matt, um, which we'll say for the the person in. Was it Sharon? <laughs> and I said to Sharon, Sharon, I've got one challenge left. <laughs> well. My answer is, if it's yeah. Samantha Allardyce and mm. Tonya Pulis, I think yeah. a good distraction technique would be an invitation to a luxury pundit gig in Qatar. 
<laughs> Three pints of wine for everyone. Yeah. Um, with uh... Rush, Rushford as a guest appearance, PA. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tom, what's your answer? Um, I'm going topical with town and um he pulls out his ever reliable little robot friend hawkeye <laughs> just rubbing it in will he work <laughs> probably um, not <laughs> i like that um and i think that's definitely gonna win the poll okay so your free answers are he has thomas tuchel's compensation is that what that was what you that's the right one yeah 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 uh an invitation to a pundit gig in guitar or his little robot friend hawkeye so we will put these to a vote as always and you will vote on what happens next week right okay before we get off uh i'm gonna do a a little little plea oh brady's gonna do a little plea um i haven't mentioned it on the pod but uh, you may have seen me tweet it, but I'm actually running the Great North Run this Sunday for Shelter, the homelessness charity. Um, so uh, some town fans have already donated, and I want to say thanks to, to everyone who has donated. It's really kind of you. But um, I have hit my target by maybe £500. So uh, I don't normally don't normally ask for much, but I am going to put my link, uh, I'm going to tweet my link out when this episode goes out and put it in the podcast episode description. So... Yeah, if you could donate, obviously, with the cost of living and, uh, you know, everything at the moment, shelter is kind of more important than ever. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my little, ooh, charity plug. Mm. But, um, yeah, appreciate it. Nice you one. Could. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Okay, so that's it. Um, this has been a bit of a rambly one. I'm sorry it's been a bit depressing. But, um, look, you know, as Freddie said, we're shit or bust with town. And it's a bit of a bust at the moment. So that's what town does to you. Uh, thanks to Tom and Freddie for this one. Thank you to Magic Rock, who I'm sure are delighted to sponsor this <laughs> episode in particular. Um, and don't forget, if you want to drown your sorrows, you can get 10% off all line online orders with the code AHTTC10. So make sure to enter that at the checkout. We'll be back to preview the next game. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to Tar for Now and Up the Town. Up the Town. Up the town. So town play up. Bring the car. Back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.